0: 1-888-990-9646 is the number get a hold of Savannah or uh, the other members of the team including James as well help at the lawyer.ca. lots of stuff to get through uh, today fellas uh, James we're going to start with you the week that was some stuff that's been
1: uh, been happening for you what's been going on so this is a uh, a story that we talked about a few weeks ago John uh, my client is a teacher her name's Julie and about 3 years ago she was injured in the classroom when a student uh, who had some emotional and psychological issues um, threw a chair and hit her in the head. Um, she was trying to protect the student actually from himself when it happened. Right. And so she suffered some significant injuries, um, a concussion, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, also you know some physical injuries as well as you would expect. And so she was off work for quite some time, made an attempt to go back to work, and in fact did so for about eight or nine months, despite significant issues. And, you know, as she was back at work, it was more and more difficult for her. And so eventually she had to say, listen, I just can't do this. I'm not well. And so she went off work and applied for disability. Her union didn't do much to help her when the disability insurer said Mm -hmm. no. And she was really left without a safety net. Um, you know, teachers are pretty vulnerable in our province. You know, you think that they're well protected because they have a union and because they have these disability um, policies, but. It's you know becoming more and more common that you see teachers that are exposed to violence in the classroom, um, injuries um, that you wouldn't expect them to have, going above and beyond what you think of a teacher. You know, what you think their job is being, and you know they are left with nothing mm-hmm. because. They don't have the disability benefits that they should have when they're, you know, really um, suffering. They can't go back to work, and she's really been mistreated. Um, and so it's a case that is gaining some traction. We've just issued the claim, um, and you know, it's something that we're going to hear more about in the weeks to come. The number
0: is one triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. Savannah how are you, pal?
1: I'm very good, John. And actually, way. just
2: on that story, the case that, uh, that uh, James was just talking about, he was actually interviewed along with Julie by Global TV a few weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, it is getting traction because I think, just in general, these are important issues for the public. There's a lot of people, you know, who are dealing with similar issues, not necessarily the same fact scenarios, but similar issues with insurance companies. And you know, you can go on our website, stlawyers.ca it's like stlawyers.ca stlawyers.ca and uh you know if you go to the media section you will see a link to that uh, global tv yeah. uh piece uh very very important uh john i have an interesting um, ltd case this one is coming out of ottawa uh this uh this is v- this is an interesting case because it's not a, a straightforward denial of an ltd claim but it borders on it uh, and i'm sure many people will find themselves or have found themselves in that situation, they don't, they, they, they don't know what to do. So this lady has been on LTD since February of 2017. Uh, she gets uh, a fairly high amount of LTD. She was earning a lot of money. She was an IT analyst. She has uh, a form of, of severe arthritis and autoimmune disorder. The insurance company stopped her LTD, her long-term disability, on September 30th. Of this year, uh, sorry, of of 2017 due to insufficient information. Uh, Presumably they didn't get enough medical Mm -hmm. confirmation of her ongoing disability. So they sent her a form for her doctor to fill out, which was filled out and sent back November 10th. Then the insurance company came back, says, well, we don't fully understand it. We need some help analyzing it. So we're going to give it to some of our doctors. We're going to get back to you in 10 days. Well, John, you know, a while has passed now, and still they don't have an answer. And, and this brings me to my point. What do you do when you are stuck in the middle of this bureaucratic machine? This, you know, the insurance company is telling you, we are looking into it. In the meantime, you're disabled. You can't earn any money. Under the LTD contract, the insurer has a duty to review the information, review the documentation, and then issue a decision. Well, they can't take forever to do so. So if we, if you're in that situation I'm not talking about you know if they told you you're going to get a decision in a week and a week and a day you know ha- have passed and you don't have a decision you call me don't call me at that point but you know if you think it's unreasonable if uh too much time has elapsed in your view and by too much time I mean a few weeks a few months you know generally a few right. weeks would be fine make sure make sure that you give us a call or email us uh, because maybe there's something going on here. There's no reason why the insurance company, especially this lady with the medical documents uh, that she's produced, that she hasn't been approved already for LTD. And again, in the meantime, she has no money. Uh, she has no source of income. It's just unfair, and we can help with those
0: kinds of situations. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. Before we uh, take a break here, give me some details on the injury calculator. That's a phenomenal yeah. free tool, uh, online tool.
2: If you've been injured through no fault of your own, someone's negligence, maybe it was a car accident or a slip and fall, we're in winter now, and you want to know what is the value of your pain and suffering Uh, from a dollar standpoint, if you started a claim, a legal claim, go to this tool, injurycalculator.ca. It's essentially a database of cases from across Canada that we've put together. Uh, and you're not looking at the database. All you're doing is literally putting a few key pieces of information, such as how old are you, um, where did the accident happen, what kind of injury did you suffer, uh, was it a knee uh, fracture? Okay, what well, did you have surgery? It's going to take you no more than 10 or 15 seconds to fill out the information. It's just drop-down menus, and then at the end, the calculator looks at the database of cases. There's an algorithm in there, and it shoots out a range of damages, a range value, a dollar value of what you can potentially expect to recover for your pain and suffering. Now, at the end of the calculator, when you get that range, if you want, if you want to have an actual consultation with us, uh, because oftentimes these cases are a lot more complicated than just, you know, here's what my injury is, Uh, there is information that we need to understand about how the accident happened and what other types of losses you've suffered, maybe you can't work you can click the consult button at the end, and then we get the email, we get in touch with you. But it's a phenomenal starting point. You don't have to call anyone. You don't have to contact any lawyers. You just want to know what is the potential value of my pain and suffering if I've been injured because of someone else's negligence. Go to injurycalculator.ca and just have a look. And if you don't want to pursue it further, we would never know
0: that you were on the website. Injurycalculator.ca, one more time, emails, it is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll get to uh, some emails and the phone number anytime, 1888 It is the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Lots more coming up, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. one 990 9646 is the number. It is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Lots of questions and emails uh, for the remainder of the show coming up here. I'll throw this one towards you, James. Uh, how serious does an illness or disability for that matter have to be to qualify someone
1: for LTD? It depends, John. Um, That's usually the answer you're going to get from most lawyers on most questions. Initially, it depends. But this is certainly the case when you're talking about um, the seriousness of an injury um, for a disability policy. What you need to look at are the specific facts uh, of the case that you're dealing with. So you're looking at the injuries a person is suffering from, and you're looking at what their job description is and the wording of the policy. Those are the three things Mm -hmm. that you really need to understand to answer the question. So the policy is a starting point, and the policy will define what disability means. And typically what it's going to mean is that you can't return to the job that you had at the time your disability started. And so then you have to look at what the disability in fact is, so you look at the medical documents, and then you look at what the job requirements are. So two people can be suffering from the exact same injury the exact same severity of injury, but still have a different case versus their disability insurer if their job is very different. You know, if you have um, a concert pianist, for example, who breaks their pinky finger for 99% of the world, that's really not something that's going to be a serious injury. But if your job requires you to have full manual dexterity of all 10 digits, and you have, you know, this one finger that isn't working properly, that's a very serious injury for you. But, you know, for somebody else, it's probably not a big deal. What, uh, I mean, as far as the language is concerned in these policies,
0: you say you can't do your own job. Is it generally the same? It's just worded maybe a little different, company to company, policy to policy?
1: Typically, yes. But you still want to take a look at the Mm -hmm. specific wording because it can vary. There are, you know, some that you will come across that are... Um, substantively different. Not often, but you want to just make sure that you look at the words carefully. What do you think, Saman? Well, John, first of
2: all, I get these kinds of questions emailed to me and posted to the other website that we have that's free, which is mydisabilityquestions.com. Lots of people post uh, this question, which is they describe their illness uh, or their disability, and they ask, would I qualify? And my answer is always the same. It depends. It depends Mm. on the following. Do you have medical reports from doctors that say that you can't work because of your illness or disability? Do you feel you can't work? But the last thing I say is try, apply. If you get denied, if you have the medical backup and you get denied, then call us or or, or email us. You have nothing to lose. Certainly don't appeal those decisions, okay? that's <laughs> Nothing's going to happen except for more and more delays. But give us a call if you have a question Again, from our standpoint, yes, James is correct. I agree with him completely. It's very fact-specific. But the first thing that I ask is, do you have medical backup? Do you have doctors who say right. that your
0: illness or disability are disabling you from working? And then I tell people, apply. See what happens. one triple eight, nine, nine, zero, is the number. You mentioned email. It is help at the insurance lawyer.ca. I got one from Melanie. Says, uh, my husband has been on long-term disability for three years, and the insurer now wants to cut him off because they say he has gotten better and can work. But that's not what the doctor says. Uh, my husband's doctor disagrees, but the insurer will not listen. Shocking.
2: Well, yeah, it's shocking. Uh, unfortunately, this happens quite often. Remember that the insurance doctors are being paid by the insurance companies, and so oftentimes uh, the opinions generated by those insurance doctors are you know, naturally favorable to the insurer. Uh, and that 's not to say that you know every doctor that works for insurance companies uh, you know is morally corrupt that 's not what we 're saying, but in our experience, generally m- more often than not, insurance doctors uh, provide opinions which are favorable to insurance companies, which means that individuals who are disabled uh, are at disadvantaged and so uh, you know Melanie, the reality is this: if your husband 's doctor or doctors disagree. With the insurance doctor, first of all, get a copy of that report uh, from the insurance company. You're entitled to see a copy of that report that the insurance doctor produced. Uh, I'd like to see it as well. By the way, I can almost guarantee you that if your husband, if you and your husband go through it, you will see that there are factual errors in there. Note those up. Uh, and then have your husband's doctors go through the report and provide a rebuttal, provide their opinions as to why it is that they disagree with what the insurance doctor is saying. And at that point, you know you give that to the insurance company. Now, my advice for people in those circumstances is that, look, this is what you should do. Get your doctors to rebut the opinion, make sure that you make a list of all the inaccuracies. Mm-hmm. Chances are, unfortunately, that the insurance company is still going to rely on that insurance doctor's opinion to cut you off or to try and force you back to work. Don't let that happen. Make sure that you give us a call or email us if you feel any pressure from the insurance company because that should not happen.
1: James, you have some points on that. Sure. Um, one of the things that's uh, really critical to understand is that when you're talking about your own doctor, that's someone who's been providing you with treatment for you know over a period of time, typically years even. They are in a much better position to assess your disability than the insurance doctor, and that's even assuming the insurance doctor has ever met you. Right. More often than not, they're just doing a paper review. They're just looking at documents that are in front of them. And another thing, you know, Savon pointed out the issue of getting a copy of the actual report. That's excellent advice, and not just because you want to look for factual errors. Um, More often than not, when you're getting denied and it's based on a medical opinion, what you're going to see is a summary of the adjuster's uh, review of that medical opinion. But when you take a look at the actual report, sometimes what the doctor is saying is quite different. I had one recently where they used it as a basis for denying a client, but at the end the doctor had written it would be inhumane to make this lady continue working. But they use that as a basis for denying by just cherry-picking a couple comments out of context. And so, yes, you really want to take a look at the actual reports because even the insurance doctors will occasionally write reports that are going to be helpful, but it doesn't help you at all if you never see it.
0: 1-888-990-9646 is that number? It is help at the insurance lawyer. Say if you haven't uh, had a chance to uh, do this while the remainder of the show is on, check out my disability as well. Lots more of the insurance and injury law show is on the way. Global News Radio six forty Toronto 1-888-990-9646 is the number. Help at the insurance lawyer. so you uh, you got a brain injury? Other types of you know serious claims. How does your office handle this claims, Savannah? Is it just an assistant, one guy, a team approach? You use outside doctors, specialists to assess the claim. Everything.
2: It, it's it's a team approach. Right. Uh, it, there's always going to be somebody at the end of the day who's making decisions, whether it's me or James or whoever has carriage of the actual claim. But it's a team approach, and and you know that's very effective for a very simple reason. One person can't do everything. Okay. Now. Imagine if this is a kitchen. You don't want to have too many cooks in the kitchen, but you also can't just have one person, one chef. You're going to have a whole bunch of people helping that individual.
0: Tell my wife uh, that.
2: <laughs> uh, next time I see her, absolutely, John. <laughs> yeah. uh, very, very important. And this is crucial. You know, People are always surprised when they are dealing with our office that they are getting contacted by a whole variety of people, whether it's clerks, assistants, lawyers, uh, paralegals. Again, it's not because no one knows what's happening. It's because, you know, these claims are very complex, Uh, complex in terms of just the amount of stuff that we have to do in the background to make sure we maximize the compensation for individuals. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as an anecdote, um, when I used to work on the defense side, defending insurance companies, it would be very clear to me when I'm dealing with an office that has a team approach, meaning that they would be doing tasks in parallel, versus an office that would take forever to get a claim going. And so I'm sure that there are listeners out there who have claims with other offices, other lawyers, that, you know, they're asking themselves, why is my claim taking two, three, four, five, six, ten 10 years to wow. resolve? And listen, maybe it's because your claim is just unusually complex or there are, you know, gazillion parties, uh, you know, to the claim. But, you know, generally speaking, unless you have a team approach and a team that works well together you're gonna have a mess on your hands and who's gonna pay for that at the end the client well we've we don't do that uh, certainly when I started my practice and we started the firm having learned the mistakes that I had observed being an insurance lawyer I can tell you we're not doing any of those things we have a team approach we have uh, you know regular meetings on every file to make sure things are moving fast as fast as we can move them not everything is in our control and again It's not just our team, right? I mean, we may need doctors, professionals, engineers. We may need a whole slew of other people to help us with the claim. And again, having worked on the insurance side, you know, when I'm dealing with a brain injury case or a spine injury or any fracture, for example, Mm -hmm. okay, something that's very common, a knee fracture. I can't just go to a mediation and ask the insurance company to pay my client six figures just like that. I'm going to have my client seen by the top orthopedic, you know, knee orthopedic surgeon in in the province or the country. You know, I'm going to be uh, uh, potentially getting an account forensic accountant to deal with the income loss claim. Maybe there is an engineering or maybe this was a complicated accident and I need an accident reconstructionist. My point is, unless you handle the claim correctly from beginning to end, you are at risk of getting just a part of what it is that you're entitled to. And when you're dealing with a lot of money with serious injuries, you know, a claim that's worth $500,000, if it's done half fast, well, you're going to get $100,000, $200,000. You're not going to get the full value.
1: The other point to be made here is that in using these experts, particularly the medical experts, there's an additional benefit to our clients. They get seen by some of the top doctors in the country. And that helps not only their legal case, but they are going to provide an opinion about the treatment that's necessary. So what treatment protocols this particular um, client or patient, is, from their perspective, um, should be subject to, and that's going to go to their family doctor. And those treatment plans are then implemented. So they get the benefit of having some of the best doctors in the country tell them exactly what they should be doing. And that's you know advice that they may otherwise never get.
2: You know what, just before you say something, John. That's 100% correct. And, and, you know, a case comes to mind uh, where I had a lady that this was a long term disability case and she had some kind of um, it was a brain impairment and no one could really diagnose what the issue was. She just started having memory issues. There was no accident. They couldn't diagnose the illness. Mm -hmm. The point is that it would have taken her, I don't know, a year, two years to see the top guy in Toronto that deals with these kinds of illnesses because we are asking for a medical legal report, an assessment, we got her in within That's a matter right. of a few months. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So so it, James is right, absolutely. Not yeah. only can we get you access to these people, but we actually get you there much quicker than otherwise you would be able to get in there. So, if at all. I, if at all, exactly. So yeah. this is a huge benefit,
0: absolutely. Fight for my ltd.com, another website uh, that you have. Give me some details on it.
2: Well, it's, a, it's a, again, another amazing website that we launched about uh, a couple of years ago. And it's a free website. Again, you have a long-term disability case or you know someone that does, a family member, a friend, a colleague, and there's a problem. There is something that's happening. Either they're not getting paid or they're cut off, they were denied. Something is happening. They're not getting money or they're about to get cut off. They're not going to get any money. You don't want to call a lawyer, okay? Many people are just afraid to do that despite the fact that Jim's and I are great guys. You know, people are just nervous. You know, what do you do? Well, you go to this website and literally, on the right side of your screen, there are five simple questions. You answer those questions. It should take you no know, more than about 10 seconds to do that. You hit submit. We get that email, and we'll tell you if you have a case or not. And sometimes we'll tell you that you know we need some more information. But generally speaking, mm-hmm. it doesn't take a lot for us to be able to assess the claim and tell you if you have a case. You're not signing anything. You're not paying anything. So why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you take advantage of it? If you don't feel comfortable calling a lawyer... You just want to know from the comfort of your home or mobile device, go to fightformyltd.com. Very, very simple tool to figure out if you or someone you know that is struggling with LTD has a legal case.
0: And hey, if you do prefer to call, it's 1-888-990-9646. It is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll bounce over to another email. After a short break, the Insurance and Injury Law Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. one 990 9646 the number, help at the theinsurancelawyer.ca, injurycalculator.ca as well. Uh, an email here, I'll throw this one to you, James from Cheryl writes in, says, My husband was hit by a car last week when he was crossing the road across from our house. Uh, he has broken ribs, concussion, and a tear in his spine. He's still in hospital, and I'm just wondering what uh, we should be doing right now from a legal standpoint. He's a project
1: manager, and I'm a uh, stay-at-home mom. What do you think? Well, the, the first step is to give us a call. Um, there is quite a bit we can do to help in cases like this. So your husband, Cheryl, was injured when he was hit by a car, and even though he was a pedestrian at the time, he's going to have access to statutory accident benefits. So what that really means, that's an insurance claim. So if your husband has an insurance policy, a motor vehicle insurance policy, or even you do, he'll be covered under that policy. But even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't drive, he's still gonna be covered. And he'll be covered by the person that hit him. Their insurance company is gonna provide what's called these accident benefits. And that provides immediate assistance in the form of income replacement benefits up to $400 a week, and medical and rehabilitation assistance. And that's really critical, um, particularly when you're talking about injuries of this severity. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that you're getting that treatment right away. The sooner you get the treatment, the better your chances are for recovery. And ultimately, that's what you want. Whatever the legal status is of the claims, you want to make sure that your husband's in the best position possible to recover. And you only do that by getting treatment as soon as possible. Beyond that, there's certainly, you know, it sounds like a very good basis for a legal claim against the driver of the car. And that would cover um, any additional losses, including any income loss over and above that $400 a week that I just talked about for the acts and benefits, any additional medical and rehabilitation expenses, anything out of pocket, and, you know, various other claims depending on the facts and circumstances of the case. But really, what's critical here is that you contact us as soon as possible. Um, You are, you know, as a stay-at-home mother, um, your husband is the only one who's bringing in income, and so it's really critical that we get those benefits started as soon as possible.
2: Um, Just a a point to add, John, we've had people contact our office uh, in similar circumstances, terrible injuries. It's the family member, the wife, the husband who calls us, and and they call us a few months after, and you know why? Because, you know, they were hesitant to, to call a lawyer, to email a lawyer, to contact someone to help them. They thought they could do it on their own. And, you know, in in the perfect world, you should be able to do these things on your own, but the reality is that the insurance company that was supposed to be paying them almost immediately, those medical rehabilitation expenses, income replacement, and all that, they were just taking their time. Months and months had passed, and they weren't getting anything. So the advantage of contacting us almost immediately, right, after you take care of the medical side, going to the hospital, doing whatever you need to do, is that we can get on it immediately. And we deal with the insurance companies, not you.
1: That's a huge, huge thing, and another point. You know, given the circumstances um, and the injuries that your husband has suffered here, I, I would be shocked if even the, this insurance company was trying to deny the claims at the start. Yeah. They're going to pay for treatment initially, and as long as they are paying those accident benefits as long as they aren't denying and we have to fight them on it. We are going to represent your husband without charging anything for recovering those accident benefits. So we'll take care of all the paperwork and we're not going to take a piece of that. If there is a legal claim that we're starting, we will take care of the accident benefits without charging anything for it as long as the insurance company is paying those benefits voluntarily.
0: You know, Cheryl didn't mention surgery in that email, but I mean, the one th- glowing thing that stands out is you know, a tear in the spine. So I see that on the horizon. Could possibly be something he has to go through. How does a surgery from an accident uh, affect a claim for compensation, or does it? Uh, yeah, generally it does. And again,
2: I'm telling you this from, somebody, from the perspective of, of somebody who used to do insurance work, defense work. You know, when I would get a claim on my desk, so the insurance company would say, Sivan, we have, uh, our insured uh, has just uh, been involved in an accident or was involved in an accident, there's a legal claim. How do you deal with that? One of the things I look at is I wanna see what are the injuries. If I'm dealing with a a tear of some sort, a shoulder tear, if I'm dealing, uh, you know, potentially with a fracture, I wanna know if there was surgery for a variety of reasons. You know, generally speaking, even from a common sense standpoint, when you hear that someone had surgery, major surgery, you immediately think that oh my god this is a much bigger thing right you have an ankle fracture right you slipped and fell you have an ankle fracture if you had two people in front of you one of them both of them broke their ankle one of them was you know told you that they underwent surgery and now they have like screws in there right and they're going to have that for life you're going to consider that injury as more severe than the other ankle fracture yeah. so just by f- from that standpoint you're already thinking to yourself okay well that claim is worth more money now I had an interesting case recently. Uh, my my uh, client had a shoulder tear as a result of a fall, and there was indication in the claim that the uh, surgeon had told her that he thinks that he sh- she should be doing surgery. But she was concerned because doing surgery would take her out of work for X amount of time. Mm-hmm. She perhaps would lose her job, and so a few years had had passed, and she wasn't getting any better. And the other side, the defense side, the insurance company was saying, well she ought to have followed her orthopedic surgeon's advice. And the fact that she did not follow her doctor's advice now means that she is, in some respect, responsible right. for the injuries or for the ongoing issues that she's experiencing. You know, you have to be careful of that. You ha- you should follow your doctor's advice. That's that's At the end of the day, that's what I would tell you. I mean, you know, there are some exceptions to the rule, but generally speaking, if you undergo surgery generally the insurance company is going to value your claim higher than if you did not go through surgery.
1: The other thing to keep in mind, if you're listening to the show at home or in your car, is that most of these cases, most of these injury cases are decided by a jury. And that's, you know, six lay people that are going to hear a case and make a decision on it. So ask yourself, What do you think? What do you think if you hear that someone has had an injury and that injury required surgery versus someone with the same injury that didn't? If that would affect how you feel about the severity of the injury, then it's going to affect the legal claim. It's going to make it that much stronger
0: we'll uh, take a, a short break uh, get back to an email when we return one 9646 is the number to get a hold of Savannah's team anytime at the firm injurycalculator.ca find out what the pain and suffering component of your claim should be and if you haven't checked it out as well fightformyltd.com another free website offered towards you lots more of the insurance and injury law show on the way Global News Radio 640 Toronto one 9646 the number help at the insurance lawyer.ca Ben writes And I'll give this to to one of you guys. Uh, My brother was on long-term disability up until a month ago when he was cut off because the insurers said that he was no longer disabled enough. My brother's 36 and has worked in the high-tech industry since he was 18. He's a a brilliant programmer, but because of major depression and an accident he had two years ago, he needed to go off on LTD. I'm just wondering if you can help with his insurance problem and what can he do. Or what can you do for that matter?
1: There's a few issues that Ben's email about his brother raises. The first is about how insurers treat mental disability claims. In the past, all insurers tended to take a pretty skeptical view of these kinds of claims, subjective mental health claims. I'm finding more and more with the injury insurers that they are accepting the facts that, that Um, They are legitimate claims. They deserve to be treated on a par with physical injuries, and the courts have been saying that. Not as much with disability insurers. Disability insurers are a little bit behind the curve in this sense, and so I see a lot more claims for uh, disability denied where they're based on subjective mental health claims. Now, Ben, looking at what your brother um, is going through here, Uh, If I understand the email correctly, Ben's brother, uh, the disability started about two years ago. To me that suggests that this has happened less than two years into getting his disability benefits because usually, and I don't want to get too technical here, but most policies require a waiting period before you're entitled to start receiving benefits. Sometimes it's four months, sometimes it's six, six months, but usually there's some period of time that you have to wait before you start benefits. And so if his disability started about two years ago, it it suggests to me that he's been cut off before he's hit the two-year mark in receiving disability benefits. And that's a critical point in time. As we talked about many times on this show, after two years, there's typically a change in the definition of disability. And so that means at the two-year mark, it gets harder. Before the two-year mark, if you can't return to your old job, you're entitled to get your disability benefits afterwards it's whether or not you can return to any job.
0: Training, education, or experience, right? Now,
1: I, it may not even matter in this case. Right. Based on the, what Ben's describing um, about his brother in the email, um, you know, I'd want to take a look at the medical reports, but it sounds like there's a pretty strong argument that he can't do anything right now. But even so, um, at the very least, he should be paid up to the two-year mark. So there's something that can be done in that regard. And whether or not he's going to be entitled beyond the two-year mark, I'd want to take a look at the medical documents, yep. but it sounds like there's a basis for a claim there.
2: Yeah, that sounds completely right to me. I I would also just focus on the word accident. Uh, He had mentioned that uh, the depression arose from an accident, and I'm wondering what kind of an accident. Is this a car accident? Was he at fault? Was he not at fault? Again, tying back to some of the other segments and cases we've been talking about. Remember, it's not just a disability case. If your long-term disability claim arose from an accident for which you were not responsible, someone caused it, you may have a legal claim against them, and they're going to have insurance. If it was a slip and fall or a car accident, there's going to be insurance there, which means you're not just dealing with one insurance company. Again, you don't want to wait on these things, okay? When we tell you that you are owed compensation for your injuries or for your disability claim, we're not telling you this because we're just making it up or because we want you to scam the system. We are telling you this because insurance companies are fully aware that the law is there to protect people. And if you are one of those people, and you just don't want to claim the compensation that the law says you are owed, that is up to you, as long as you understand that that money is owed to you under the law. The question, of course, is, for the insurance company is, Can we get away with not paying it? Or if we have to pay, can we not pay 100 cents on the dollar? Can we just get away with paying 10 cents on the dollar? Again, that's where getting the right lawyer, the right law firm, is very, very important. And I can tell you again, having worked for insurance companies, many, many cases I have settled for a fraction of what they were worth. Because the other side, the other lawyer, either didn't care about the claim, didn't build the claim the way they ought to have built the claim, uh, meaning they haven't actually done what they were supposed to do on the file, or they just didn't negotiate the way, we, we they were simply out-negotiated. So very, very important for you to understand that. And if you have any questions, you give us a call or you email us.
1: I want to pick up on something you were just talking about uh, with clients who are hesitant to start a claim because... For whatever reason, uh, the, you know they don't want to be seen as taking advantage or working the system. They don't want to be one of those people, quote unquote. Right. But when you get right down to it, if you've been injured and you have an insurance policy or somebody else has negligently injured you, then you're owed that money. That's something that someone is taking from you. If you want to let them have it, that's fine. But asking for what is rightfully yours is not gaming the system. That's not taking advantage um there you know there are people who will do that and that's not what we're talking about but if you've been legitimately injured and you have an insurance policy or somebody negligently injured you then you're just giving somebody else your money that's right. all you're doing in in fact let, let me just put this out there i mean this is common sense but we'll put it out there
2: you know when james and i and other members of our team meet with people and talk with people we assess we assess the individual we're speaking with, we assess the legitimacy of the claim. And if there is an inkling that we think that somebody is trying to scam the system, we say no thank you and we shut the door. Okay, For us, this is a big, big red line. Uh, There's just no way that we would do that. And I can tell you that unfortunately in this industry, and it's not just because of Hollywood, there are a lot of lawyers who don't do that. And why that is important? Well, because insurance companies know they understand that there are some lawyers and some law firms that play dirty, yeah. that you know, advance those kinds of, of you know, claims that don't really have legitimacy. And if you have a legitimate claim and you go to one of those law firms, well, you are then potentially tainted because that law firm is tainted. Wow. Again, that's not to say that every law firm out there is bad except for us. No, no, no. There are very good lawyers out there, very good law firms. But like in any industry, there are a lot of
0: bad apples. You have to be very, very careful one 990 9646 the number to get it all started. Email as well, help at ca If you haven't checked it out, go to injurycalculator.ca. Free website, find out what your pain and suffering component of your claim should be from a, a dollar amount. takes about 30 seconds to go through it. If you want to, you can contact Savannah, a member of his team, at the uh, bottom of that webpage as well. Insurance and Injury Law Show. It's right here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. one 990 9646 is a number. Help at the ca through email as well. So your uh, your long-term disability insurer says they don't have enough medical information to justify paying LTD. am sure it happens all the time. Is uh them stalling, or is it the fault of your disabled person's doctor not giving you enough information, or is it both?
1: It's almost always the insurance company not cooperating. Right. If there's actually an issue getting information from your doctors, they're going to specifically let you know which doctors aren't responding and they'll say, "Listen, Dr. Smith or Dr. Jones hasn't given us your your file. Can you talk to him and to say we need this for, you know, for your for your disability file." And they'll, you know, they'll tell you exactly what the issue is if that's the problem. Right. Um, rarely is that something that's going to cause significant issues. Usually um, you know, doctors can be busy, and so sometimes it takes them two or three tries. Uh, but hopefully that's not going to be an issue. And if it is, we can certainly call the doctors and make sure that that information gets there. When you get a letter that says that there's not enough medical information, what that is, that's just code language for them saying, we're denying your claim because we feel that the medical information doesn't support your claim that you are disabled. Um, And so they like to use any kind of language that'll deflect from what they're actually saying. Um, And it's meant to do that. It's meant to be a little bit confusing for you. But at the end of the day, it doesn't mean that there's nothing that can be done. Um, You know, it's pretty common that they're going to deny you off the bat and say that there isn't enough medical information. Um, That can be challenged very easily with your own doctor's information, um, whether or not they have it. Um, Even if they do have it, the information in there is often sufficient once you start a legal claim to deny it. Um, And on top of that, where necessary, as we've already discussed, We'll look at hiring a medical legal expert, so um, someone in the field where uh, you're experiencing the most issues uh, will provide a medical legal report directly for the purposes of, uh, of addressing the issues that the insurer has, and we'll use that as a core piece of evidence in order to make sure that the insurance company knows that regardless of what their doctor has said in their you know 15 minute review of your medical file that's not going to be sufficient they're going to have to really answer for the position that they're taking
0: Help at the is the email address anytime Gary says I've been uh, or I've had my long-term disability payments cut off because I refused to go to the for treatments at a clinic my adjuster wanted me to go to. I like the clinic I've been going to for years and trust them. Can the insurance company force me to change clinics? Why would they care anyway?
2: Well, that's a good question. Uh-huh. Why would they care? Uh-huh. Right? I mean, they're so adamant. Why Why would they care? Um, well, first of all, they cannot force you to go to the clinic that they want you to go to. Uh, that's just not, I, I can almost guarantee you that that's not going to be in the actual policy or LTD policy. And remember your relationship with your insurance company is governed by the contract, the LTD right. contract, the policy. The provisions in there are what gives the insurance company rights and what gives you rights. And if there's nothing there, and I'm sure there won't be, anything that says that, you know, they can tell you which clinic to go to, uh, then you don't. You don't have to do that. Now, the question is, the better question is why do they want you to go there? Well, oftentimes, if you think about it, If they're telling you to go to that clinic, it's because they have some kind of a vested interest in that clinic. Well, perhaps there are people there who work who are going to, at some point, provide certain documentation reports, notes to the insurance company, which are going to be more beneficial to the insurance company. What does that mean? It means that potentially you're going to get cut off or denied LTD at some point down the road. You have to be extremely careful with that. Don't just simply do and accept what the insurance company says. They are in it for themselves. Insurance is supposed to be a safety net, but you know, at the end of the day, they are in it to make money. And the way they make money is either by denying your claim or cutting off your benefits.
0: <clears throat> Payola. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, James.
1: <laughs> the, w- the one caveat that I would have, um, in this particular case, it sounds as though they're saying that they want you to change clinics, not necessarily to go to a specific other clinic. And I'm making that distinction because what Savan said is absolutely right. If they're saying, you know we want you to go to this particular clinic, that raises a huge red flag for me. I want to know why they want you to you seem to right. that clinic. But if they're saying we don't want you going to this clinic, choose another one. There might be a legitimate reason for that. There are clinics out there that aren't on the up and up that um, have been found to be doing things like taking kickbacks or um, you know suggesting that there are all kinds of unnecessary treatments. Some shifty business. Sure, and you know that's not the majority of them, but they are out there, and on occasion you'll see stories about them. So if that's an issue, you want to know what that issue is, and so you want to ask specifically why they want you to change. And if that is the issue, then I might consider changing. Then I might consider changing because if they can show that the clinic you're seeing is not a legitimate clinic, that can undermine the basis of your claim.
2: You know, you're absolutely right, and I agree with that. It's just that, you know, and again, maybe it's, I'm just jaded, but... Obviously, I am, because when's the last time uh, that you had encountered an insurance company, an adjuster, that was actually trying to do what's best for the client? They exist. They do. In fact, some of them are, I have friends who are adjusters, but, you know, they have a job to do, and the job that they are tasked with is to make money for the insurance company or save money. So I completely agree with you. And by the way, maybe, you know, the type of treatments you're getting are not appropriate. Maybe there is other expertise that they think that, you know, you could, uh, you know, that Could be helpful to you. But again, as James said, you want to understand why it is that they're asking you to change clinics. Just be very skeptical.
1: I've learned to be very skeptical of insurance companies. I'm going to throw a bone to the insurance companies right now. We don't normally do this, but I will say, I want to be fair. I will say I met with a client this morning and her insurance company did the right thing and actually paid her out to the two-year mark for what is a physical injury that will prevent her from working at her present job, but not for any occupation, and they paid her out. So I I applaud that insurer in that particular case. It's rare. I was going to say, is it rare? It's very rare, and I said that to her. I said, listen, I really would like to be able to help you, but I got to say, in this particular instance, it looks like the insurance company actually did the right thing. I was pretty shocked for those words to leave my mouth, but I'll call a spade a spade. They were fair in that case. Till next time, a lot of information there. You can uh,
0: go back to it and ask some questions on your own. one 990 9646 is the number. Email help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. If you haven't checked it out, you'll want to find out what the pain and suffering component of a claim should be. That is injurycalculator.com. And as we mentioned a couple times during the show, fightformyltd.com. All these are free websites, by the way. You can check them out at your own leisure. Till next time, the Insurance and Injury Law Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.